0: So uh, you may have noticed that um, the uh, trees, we were kind of cleaning up the trees over there during Service City, and we've done some more of that. And I was telling uh, Ken, I said, you know, uh, I don't trust those trees over there. Uh, they seem kind of shady. All right, thank you. And uh, that's uh, actually why I don't, I don't trust stairs, because they're always up to something. Thank you. So this is, I'm telling you what, this is the sermon that I've been waiting for for 15 years because uh, I'm talking about the father heart of God, which I think that just talking about fathers, it just gives me free license just to lay down dad joke after dad joke after dad joke. I am just so excited. You know, uh, the Sumerians, uh, for example, they, they, uh, it says that they invented the concept of zero about uh, 5,000 years ago, and all I have to say is thanks for nothing. Thank you, okay, and so then there was this uh, young couple and uh, they go, uh, they're about to have a baby and I remember doing this actually with Gina that, that you, uh, you, know, you take a tour of the birthing center and all that and as they're going by a room, uh, they hear this woman and she's just screaming, she's like, can't, didn't, won't, shouldn't. And then uh, the nurse said, oh, don't worry about that, uh, those are just contractions. All right, that's enough, thank you so much for coming. That's my beginning. But listen, there's more to come. I've got a few more dad jokes for you here. But um, we're in this series uh, called Belonging. And uh, we wanted to start with the father heart of God. Because I think there's all times where you have probably been at a party and you're like, these are not my people. I don't belong here. Or maybe there's like a little group at your work or a group somewhere else, a group at your school where you're like, I just don't fit in. And what I wanted you to understand is that actually, because you belong to the Father, because you are in Him, you actually bring belonging to the party. Do you understand that? That you and I, we always start with a place of belonging. And that we come in and we help other people belong because we know we belong in Him. Now, fathers, your Heavenly Father is so important. And we learn a lot about our Heavenly Father from our earthly fathers, which is a little disconcerting right now because only one out of every three people is actually growing up with their biological father right now. That's doubled since 1960. And so if you grow up apart from your biological father, you are three times more likely to go to jail. Uh, You're more likely to fail in school. You're more likely to practice risky sexual behavior. Uh, You have more difficulty holding a job statistically. So don't tell me that dads don't matter. But this is not... A sermon about fathers. It's not a Father's Day sermon. It's a sermon on your Heavenly Father and what He brings to you and what He does for you and the blessing that He wants to impart to you. So we're going to look at Ephesians. And if you have your Bible, open it up to Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to spend a little time in this prayer that Paul has for the church in Ephesus. So Ephesians 3, 14. And he says, "'For this reason I kneel before the Father.'" from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. Now, have you ever wondered why God is Father? Like, he doesn't say boss. He doesn't say, well, I'm the owner. He doesn't say, uh, you know, I'm the caretaker. He says, I'm your Father. And see, we see so much in that, the nature of who he is. That God is relational. Relational. And that God is uh, the perfect father, and he wants to be with you, and he is hero, and he's protector, and he's present, and he's close. And listen, he is the perfect father. And many people have difficulty relating to God as father. In fact, I've run across a number of people who are just like, I can't even start there with father. I have to start with Jesus. Because father has so much negative connotations from what I've experienced in my life. And they can't relate to God the father at all. Now, dads, this is a heavy responsibility that God has put on us. Actually, one of the things that we are doing is representing God to our children. We're teaching them what a father is like. And none of us do it perfectly, but see, he does it perfectly. And our heavenly father, I want you to understand that he wants to father you. And there are many of us here who were fatherless. Or a father was there, but he wasn't really there. And so for me, I can tell you that God as father, that actually means, that means a lot to me, that God has fathered me. He's been my father when my father wasn't there. And I have hope for single mothers right now, that God the Father actually will father your children. And I, I've seen it happen, I've experienced it, and he'll give them what they'll need, what they need, and he raises them up and he encourages them. And so I want to encourage all of us, though, every single one of us, if you could have had the best dad, but he wasn't perfect. And every single one of us needs to be fathered by God. But many fathers have left, haven't they? Speaking of leaving, um, do you know what the yoga instructor said to her landlord when he tried to evict her? Namaste, namaste. Now, come on, I need the rim shot back there. Okay, I think that's funny. (laughs) There's <laughs> our, our yoga instructor over here. She liked it. Thank you. All right. There's reasons that uh, so many people are bent out of shape with their idea of God, because of what they've experienced with their fathers here. We're meant to be an example, right? We know fathers that are, you know, is, is it any surprising, surprise, are we surprised that so many of us look at God as like he's not there, or he's angry, he's passive, you know, listen, we've got to understand who God is. You've got to get this right. You have to understand the perfection of your father, the goodness of your father. You have to understand if you have a bad idea of God the father, it's time to work on that. And it says here in scripture, from him we derive our name, which means from him we get our identity. And then from him we get our purpose. In the Old Testament, your name had so much to do with your purpose. And, and God would come and he would change someone's name because, no, I have a better purpose than your name says. And see, there's some of you right now that God, he wants to change your name. And when you think of yourself, you, you say, okay, I'm alone. I'm lonely, I'm forgotten, I'm less than, I'm rejected. And God would say, no, I, I'm here to change your name. That's not you. It's not what I have for you. You're mine. You're precious. You're part of the family. You belong here. So let's see what uh, verse 16 says. Pick up where we left off here. So Paul continues on in this prayer, and he says, And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And this is such a beautiful passage. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. See, God wants you to be filled to all of the fullness of God. And we see that what a heavenly father does, what your heavenly father does, is he brings strength and courage. See, I think that's actually what dads are supposed to do. When uh, Maddie, she's 25 years old, but I remember when she was a little baby. And I was so excited for the adventures In fact, I couldn't wait. In fact, I brought them too soon. Like, I had her on skis before she was three years old. She's like, this isn't about Maddie. This is about you, isn't it? I'm like, yes. I can't wait to do these things. I remember uh, Joy, she wanted to, uh, she said, hey, Dad, I've got an idea. Let's jump off the house onto the trampoline. And I'm like, yeah, let's do. That sounds awesome. So we pulled the trampoline over. And I just want to tell you, it's not awesome. It's horrible. We all did it, and it hurts. And you hit the ground, and you don't spring up, and just don't, Okay? But I do want that adventure for my kids. And I'll tell you, I've done some things wrong with my kids. There's no doubt about it. And they've got things to work through. But one of the things that I'm proud of is I feel like I taught them how to risk. I taught them how to go for it. And they've just been doing it. You know, I mean, they've gone places where I never even imagined going. They've been to Cambodia and Thailand and Tanzania and Estonia and Finland and Mexico, Haiti, Uganda, uh, Ethiopia. And they're just out there going for it. Like, yeah, that's what I want you to do, and that's what your father wants you to do. He wants you to go for it. And see, some of us, listen, we missed this from our earthly fathers, didn't we? Never taught us how to risk, never taught us how to go, and, and so we're just sitting back there afraid. Afraid to try, afraid to risk, afraid to fail, because we were never taught that a father catches you when you fall. That he's encouraged you, jump into the pool, go for it. And you know that your heavenly father is beckoning you? He's like, I want you to go beyond. I want you to go deeper. I want you to go into the deep end. I found a little clip from ABC News that I think shows what a father does. Let's go ahead and play that, please. Say, here I come, Miss Margaret. We've all got something that makes us tremble with fear. For three-year-old R.J. Hampton, his was the diving board. Say, here I come, Miss Margaret. Two years ago, his dad, Ron, posted this clip, R.J. holding on for dear life. The video went viral, but we never did see how the story ended. Now, there's a sequel. All right, man. First time without me in the water with you. This is R.J. Now, a self-assured, confident five. You got it. Jumping in with the heart of a pro. I'm of the mindset that you you let your children face their fear, and once they get to the other side of fear, there's there's an infinite amount of success or or possibilities on the other side. And for the I love that. What through your there's an infinite amount of success or possibility on the other side. So true. And see, some of us right now, we're held back by our fear, and God's like, no, you want to go through that. You got to be on, go beyond that because there's success, there's possibility, there's so much that I have for you. That's why you need to understand his heart for you. That's why you need to understand who he is for you there because he's saying, jump in, go for it. No more being frozen in fear. Listen, he'll catch you. I know that some of us are, well, what if it goes wrong? He'll be there. Go for it, he'll take care of you. He'll jump into the water and he'll save you. I mean, hasn't he done it before? You know that he'll do it again. And to have a heavenly father is to have the confidence to reach beyond where you can go. Because here's our problem. You think, well, I can only go this far and I'm afraid to go beyond that because I don't know how to do that and I don't know how to control that. And having a heavenly father says, I want to take you where you can't go. I want to take you beyond where you can go on your own. And you have to trust that he is a good father that will take you there and will catch you. And the only way you're gonna get there is if you risk. The only way that you're gonna get there is if you say, okay, in faith, I will take that step. And it is time, it is time for you to go deeper. It's time to get into the deep end. It's time to know your father and to trust your father so you could go beyond what you can do on your own to what you were meant to do in him. I found a quote from a psychologist, Kyle Pruitt, and if uh, you bring that up for me, he says, a father's more active play style and comparatively slower response to a toddler or infant experiencing frustration serve to promote problem-solving competencies and independence. So being slower actually helps them. So husbands, next time your wife says it's your turn to get the baby, you just say, no, I'm promoting independence right now. So just, just try that. Go ahead and try it. Let me know how it goes. Send me an email. Let me know what happens there. But God wants to teach us how to risk, right? Your father's in the pool saying, come on, jump in, let's go for this. And see, there's someone here right now, you need to start that ministry, but you've been holding back in fear. God's like, come on, do it. There's someone here, you need to begin that small group, you need to join a small group, let yourself be known. It's time to to smash through those fears and go for it. There's someone here. It's time to start praying aloud so other people hear you. There's some who have like, you've been raising your hands in church like this. It's okay. It's time to bring them up. Your father's got you. You know, as I was praying about this, I was like, Lord, what what are you asking some people to do? And one thing came to my mind is this idea that for some of us, it's time to change the way you relate to that person. And you know that you needed to draw boundaries. You know that you need to do it, but you've been afraid of what's going to happen. And I want to tell you, your father's got you. It's time. Nothing's going to change until you make that change. There's some of us here, we've been just sitting on our talents. And I think your father would say, why did I give them to you? They're not for you. Come on, go out, use those things. Your heavenly father gives you strength and courage to go beyond where you could go on your own. The next thing your heavenly father does is he brings blessing. Look at James chapter one, verse 17. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all that he created. You know, I picked up a a book uh, that I haven't read since I was a a young Christian when I was first starting out. It's called The Blessing. It's by Gary Smalley and uh, John Trent and a psychologist and counselor there. And and if you have a chance, um, I would really encourage you. I've just been jumping back into it. And um, the the idea that they have in this is that every child needs the blessing from their dad. The blessing to say that you can. The blessing to say go for it. The blessing to say I believe in you and and that you have a future. And they start the book with the story of of a young man who was estranged from his father. and, And he goes back and his father's actually in the hospital. He's on his deathbed. And he goes to talk to his father and he he just wants to hear one time the words, I love you. And he gets there and he races. But by the time he gets there, his father's already in a coma and it's too late. And and the the young man comes to the father's bedside and just starts yelling, please, please say you love me. Please say you love me. No, don't go. Please say you love me. And he never hears these words that he's longing to hear. But I want to tell you that your father, your heavenly father loves you and he says to you to your heart so personally i love you i'm for you you can can you hear that from your father and even if you didn't get it from your earthly father i want to tell you it's enough to get it from your heavenly father he's the one that matters and i want you to bring that into your heart And i want you to walk in that truth and walk in that love that knowledge that i belong that i am his You know, they go on in the book and they they talk about how you can bless someone, how you can give that blessing to someone else. And there's five different ways in the book. That's why I think it's worth reading. And one is um, uh, for your children or anyone else, and this is moms and dads, you, you can give meaningful, appropriate touch. You ever had a father figure just come and kind of put his hand on your back, give you a noogie? There's something to it, isn't there? Right? Spoken words is the next thing. Speak life, speak truth. Just raises up their spirits. Express high value. Let them know how valuable they are to you. Let them know that they matter. Everyone needs to know how much they matter. Some of us haven't gotten that down from earth, but listen to your heavenly father. He says you matter so much that I gave my son Jesus to die for you and I would have done it just for you. Help them picture a special future. One of the things that I tell Naya all the time, I just tell her all the time, God's got a plan for you. God's got a big plan for you. He's going to use you. I'm just going to keep drilling it into her. He's, He's got big things for you, Naya. Tell one another. See it. See the future for one another. Call it out. Because then when it comes, she'll be ready to walk in it. And then the fifth thing is just an active commitment that they are there. They're present. So they go on in the book and they talk about Jacob and Esau. And so if you know the story, so Isaac is going to bless his son, and Esau is the older son, so the blessing goes to the older son. But Jacob, since uh, Isaac is blind, and he's very old, and can't hear real well, he sneaks in before his brother, and he actually steals the blessing. And this is a big deal, because a blessing is a commissioning, it's actually, it's from God, it's a word that he's going to do, and what he's going to give you, as well as the inheritance. And so he's already given the blessing to his younger son. So then we see, and if you want to go over to Genesis uh, 27, we see Esau finds out about it, and he comes to receive his blessing. And in verse 32 of 27, it says, His father, that's uh, Esau's father, asked him, Who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed, he will be blessed. And then this is just kind of excruciating to see, and when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me too, my father. Oh, bless me, God. Bless me, Dad, please. Don't you have anything left for me? And you hear him crying out for what so many of us need right now, which is commission and permission to be what God intended you to be. For some of us, our, our earthly fathers have resisted that. They can't see it. And God says, listen, you are commissioned and you have permission. Some of you are still waiting for the blessing. Are you going to give me permission and commission to be what I'm supposed to be? You're waiting for someone to tell you, go out there and do it. Some of us had our blessings stolen through abuse or rejection or just disappointment. We've just kind of given up on it, we've let it go. But I have a word for you. If you're waiting for the blessing, if your blessing has been stolen, I have a word from you. It's from scripture, it's Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. You should probably memorize this, and that it is God's gift and God's call are irrevocable. They're irrevocable. God gave you those gifts, and even if you've been sitting on them, they're still there. He doesn't take them back. God gave you a call, and even if you ignored it and you went around it and you went the wrong way, he's still there. My, my call is right here for you. It is irrevocable. I don't take it back. I have given this to you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you've done. Walk into it. It is irrevocable. And I want to tell you that your Father, your Heavenly Father, is here right now to commission you and to give you permission for the call that He has had on your life all along, no matter what you've done, no matter how you've squandered it, and there's enough hiding. No more hiding. No more fear of failure for those who are in Christ Jesus. No more waffling, uncertainty. Well, what if I get it wrong? What if I go this way? That way? It's like just go. God's down every street. Go after it. He'll meet you. Listen, it may not work out like you wanted to, but He will take care of you. And there's enough excuses, you know, oh, well, well, once I finish this, once, once I accomplish this, once I learn this, once I, once I get no, just go, do what he's asking you to do. Enough running away from this. So many of us are chasing this shadow mission and this shadow call, this thing that, well, I didn't do that, I didn't get that, so I guess I'll just go after this instead. He says, come back to your call. Come back to what I've commissioned you to do. And some of you right now as I'm talking, you know exactly what this means. You know exactly what God is calling you to step into right now. And it's time to engage it. Your father says you're commissioned. He gives you permission. And there's some of us who have no idea and we just need to ask, God, well, who am I meant to be? Because he's ready to tell you. In fact, I just want to pray for you right now. So Holy Spirit, would you just, for every person here, would you just speak to us, God, right now? Holy Spirit, would you show us, Lord, Who we are to be, what we're meant to do, the call that you have for us today, the call that you have for us this week, the call that you have for us for this future. Holy Spirit, would you just begin to whisper it to all of us, Lord? Help us to hear. Reveal it to us, Lord. Show us, God. Show each of us what you have for us because you have something for every single one of us. None of us are forgotten. None of us are outside of the family. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to show you uh, Romans 8. I could preach on Romans 8 every single week, I think, and we would need it the next week. It's just so good. In fact, if, you don't, if you're not uh, in, your, in your Bible every day right now, how about this week? Spend five days, seven, spend seven days just reading Romans 8. Just read it once a day for this next week. See what God has to say to you, okay? Romans 8, verse 15. It says, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, that means Daddy. Such intimacy, such closeness. We call him daddy, father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. And this next sentence is amazing. Heirs of God, listen to this, and co-heirs with Christ. Do you understand that? That means that all that belongs to Christ belongs to us. And that he loves us like he loves Jesus. Jesus. That all the blessing, all the power, all the favor, all the belonging that Jesus has actually belongs to you if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. You are nobility. You're prince, princess. You're called and you are chosen. And you're not on the outside of the family. You are in the middle of the family of God. There's no outsiders in his family. You are at the table. You are the honored guest because of Christ, and you are his child. And then my personal devotions have been in Romans 9, and I was just undone as I was reading uh, Romans 9, 25, this last week. And it says, as he says from the prophet Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And I was thinking about that and I was contemplating on that and I was absolutely undone because he took this punk and he made him a son. And I don't know, uh, I don't know why. I mean, I wouldn't have chosen me to be his son. I wouldn't have said, this is the one I want. But for some reason, God took me and he says, okay, you were not my people. Now you are my people. You were not part of the family. Now you are a son. And then he says, and I'm gonna include you in everything that Christ gets. And then not only that, but I'm gonna let you participate in the kingdom of God and I'm gonna use you and you're gonna to get to bless other people and you're gonna give this away to other people. And I'm like, who am I? Why would you do that for me? But I want you to understand, it is the exact same for you. A person who is not his person, his people, he would say, now you're my family. Now you're my child. Now you belong. I ran across, as I was getting ready for this sermon, a, a 26-year-long study. They were watching children with their fathers. And they found that children who spend regular time with their fathers are more compassionate, they're more empathetic, and they treat the opposite sex better. Speaking of uh, being kind and compassionate from now on, from now on, guys, I don't want you to call this uh, a dad bod. I want you to call it a father figure from now on, Okay. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Now, why are those people more empathetic? Why are they more compassionate? Because they know who they are. There's no question. I mean, this world right now, do you you wonder why this world is so cruel? Do you wonder why people are are treating each other like they are? Because they don't know who they are. They're trying to find out who they are, and they'll do whatever it takes to find it but we are children of the Most High God. See, if you don't know who your Heavenly Father is, then you don't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, how can you be kind and compassionate for others? You have to understand who you are in Him, that you belong. The next thing that we see is that a father teaches impulse control. So that's what research says, that one of the things kids need from their dad is they need good impulse control, and that's what a dad can give we see that in Proverbs 3, verse 12. It says a father disciplines those he loves, right? God disciplines us because he loves us. Now, speaking of uh, discipline, uh, do you know what kind of exercise uh, lazy people do? Diddly squats. (laughs) All right. You know what a, a scary prayer is? Father, discipline me. Discipline me. Father, my wandering eye, discipline that, Lord. I don't want it. My gossiping tongue, Father, discipline that. I I don't want it. My loose temper, Lord, that has to change. Will you come and bring discipline? Will you teach me? Will you show me? Listen, he will. Father disciplines those he loves. That's a favor when he does that. And here's the, the last thing I want to talk about. A father imparts knowledge. Father gives us understanding. So what I want you to understand is you can know. You know, if you don't know, the scripture says if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. I need to know what to do, Lord. Heavenly Father, what do you want from me in this? He's excited to give you knowledge. You know, when your child comes up and says, Hey, would you show me how to do this? You're like, nah. I mean, I'm excited. You know, like when my daughters say, I, I want to learn how to play basketball. You do? Ha, <laughs> ha, All right. I want to learn how to shoot. <laughs> okay, come on. Let's go take the guns out. I'll show you. Right? The Father, He's ready to teach you. We could come before Him. Okay, God, what do I do next? Lord, what should I say? There's so many pitfalls, and there's so many ways for us to blow it out there, but there's so much comfort in just saying, I'm just going to obey you. That's the best place to be in confusion. The best place to be in difficulty, do you know what it is? It's obedience. Because here's the thing, to obey is yours and the outcomes are his. Right? I I was talking to a friend just last week and, and he's got some really difficult decisions to make and I said, you know, my big encouragement to you is to seek the Lord and just to do your best what he is telling you to do. Just obey And then you go forward, and then what comes, comes. And you can say, well, I obeyed. And Lord, you can take me through anything you want. Right? You have the right to take me anywhere you want to go. The outcomes are yours. The results are yours. The obedience is mine. There's another uh, old book. It actually came out about the same time as The Blessing uh, that I used to read to my girls. It's uh, from Max Lucado, and it's called uh, You Are Special. And it's this children's book. And if you haven't read that to your kids, you should. I think it's really good. And uh, this guy up here, uh, his name is Eli, and he's the carpenter, and it's about these little puppets that he makes, and uh, Polcinello's that little puppet right there. And so what happens is these little puppets, they live together in this town, and then um, they give, uh, any time that they give like a negative comment to one another, they stick a black dot to them, and they can't get them off. And any time they give a positive comment, they stick a star to them. And this little Pulcinello is just covered in black dots because he's always messing up. And he finds his way to Eli, to the, to the creator. And the creator says, you know, what they say, it really doesn't matter that much to me. In fact, what matters is what I say. And he tells little pulcinella he says, I just want you to spend time with me and to be with me. And you're going to find what they say about you really doesn't matter as you spend more time with me. And he tells little pulcinella he says, you know, you're special and I love you very much. And little pulcinella says, uh, I think he means it. And as soon as he does, one of the little black dots falls off you need to spend time with your father you need to understand how much he loves you you need to understand what he says about you you need to understand the belonging that you have in him and when you really get at what they say it doesn't matter very much and you find that wherever you go you belong and your job actually is knowing in your belonging your job is to help them belong your job is to help them find what you have found in your father and in your creator now, God was really gracious to me throughout my life, and He brought different father figures in. You know, my youth leader when I was in middle school, my football coach encouraged me, believed in me. My English teacher, I think that's why I became an English major, is he, he just said, Yeah, I can see that you're thinking about it. You can go forward. My pastor, Ken here, comes, puts his hand on me, encouraged me. I mean, God keeps doing it. But you know what? I've also been fathered by God. God has given me what I need. God has filled every gap every hole and he's continuing to fill those and he's continuing to make me whole and so i just want to minister right now to those to anyone who says you know i need i need that i need the father's blessing i need the courage i need the power i need the sense of my future i I, I need to use my gifts I, i need to know that i am someone in him i need to know that i'm part of the family so let's all just stand up right now we're going to sing this last song and and if that's you if you would say you know i'm just uh, i'm not going to make it come up here but if you would say i'm hungry for the father's blessing or an aspect of his blessing would you just lift your hand up right now just put it keep them up for just a minute now what i want you to do is look around if you see somebody's hand is up would you just put your hand on them right now would you pray for them just go around especially old guys listen this is your time right now i mean everybody do it ladies as well just put your hand, but old guys, you better be putting your hand on somebody For hand's not up right now. Give the blessing right now. Let's bless them. And old guys is like me or older, okay? But everybody, just bless those around you. Okay, now I'm gonna pray for you. So Holy Spirit, I just, for everyone whose hand is up right now, Lord, I ask that you would just come and that you would fill them. Lord, we bless them in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you would impart the Father's blessing to them. God, I thank you that they are chosen Listen, you are chosen. You are chosen by Him. God, I thank you that they are called. Listen, you are called. You are called by Him. I thank you that you, Lord, they have a future. Listen, you have a, you have a future. You have a hope. You have a purpose. You have a reason. I bless you with a purpose, I bless you with belonging. You were created well, you were created right, and I bless you to be that one that God made you to be. I bless you to walk in the truth of his amazing love for you. I bless you to walk like a son. I bless you to walk like a a daughter of the most high king of kings. You are royalty and you are nobility, and he has made you good and he has made you right. He has made you pure. So I bless you with the Father's blessing, that your heavenly Father is for you. He's behind you. He will catch you. You are his. So Lord, just release that now in our hearts. Pray for those people around you as God leads you to. Just release blessing. Just bless them. God, thank you for what you're doing. I ask you just to just keep going, Lord. And where our fathers lacked, you never lacked, God. And so I pray you fill those holes. I think there's some right now that you just never had the approval you wanted listen i bless you with approval right now completely approves of you he's delighted and thrilled with you be who he made you to be father i thank you that we are sons i thank you that we are daughters i pray lord that we would walk in that truth and we would live that truth in jesus name Amen.